Now, let's proceed to part 3, how to perform a few important tasks effortlessly and lead a productive and meaningful life. We all feel that having an idea or making a choice is not difficult. However, it's not so easy to implement an idea or bring the effect of a choice into action. From what we have talked about so far, we have found that essentialists eliminate as many insignificant things as possible when evaluating priorities and making choices. In this way, they can devote more time thinking and designing efficient systems to make tasks easier to execute. Now, let's find out about the three methods used in those systems. The first method is to reserve buffer time to cope with emergencies as they arise. In life, we usually underestimate the time required to complete a task. We often say, it only takes a few minutes to get it done or this can definitely be done within a week. However, accidents happen. There will always be unexpected situations when you try to put things into action. And when they occur, you have to desperately compensate. You either expend time, working all night, or lower your standards. However, the end result still fails to meet expectations. To counter this effect, you must reserve buffer time. This simply means planning ahead, and before you start, coming up with a contingency plan so that you don't need to panic when an accident happens. In this book, the author provides two vital tips for apportioning buffer times to maintain a clear mind and keep work on track. The first tip is good preparation. Whatever you do, you always need to prepare fully and plan ahead. For example, during the author's graduate studies at Stanford University, as soon as he received his course syllabus, he would make copies and map the syllabus on the university's academic calendar. So before the term started, he was aware of the important research topics and immediately commenced his research preparation. Throughout the semester, this approach to advanced planning reduced work pressure. By preparing ahead, even in unforeseen circumstances, he had sufficient time to complete all the work. The second tip is to reserve 50% more than the expected amount of time to complete a task. Never underestimate the time it's going to take. Even when you have completed the same job on a previous occasion, you still need to reserve buffer time. For example, if you are given an important document to work on, and you gauge that you will need two hours to complete it. It would be best if you allocated 50% more, three hours, then unexpected problems won't get in your way. Now let's look at the second method used to ensure you can bring your tasks to a swift and easy conclusion, clarity. Be absolutely clear of the essential intent and push all minor obstacles to one side. Various bottlenecks will inevitably need to be negotiated in the process of your personal and corporate development. Instead of making particular areas the focus of their energy and resources, essentialists turn their attention to limitations and obstacles and the ways to overcome them. Once they are clear about the essential goal, they are not distracted by minor problems. Instead, they attend to pushing just the significant obstacles to one side. So how exactly does an essentialist do that? First, they note down all possible obstacles. And then, ask themselves which blockages have to be removed so that other obstacles will evaporate. Based on this primary inquiry, obstacles must be sorted by priority, until finally, a critical obstacle is identified and can be removed. For example, 
While the author pursued his graduate studies, his wife was stressed out, taking care of their baby all day every day. The author identified the obstacle preventing his wife making her optimal contribution in looking after their baby, she lacked independent space for her plans and thoughts. Therefore, he had to find strategies to remove this obstacle. To resolve his wife's stress, he quit many of his extracurricular activities, so he could get home earlier to do his share of the child care. He also recruited a part-time babysitter. By this means, his wife gained time and space for her personal activities. And their baby benefited from the care of an unstressed parent. Removing obstacles might not be as difficult as we imagine, and it does not take superhuman efforts. We can start with the small things. Just like removing a piece of rock on a hilltop, you only need to give it a push and let it fall. Let's look at the third method of easy execution, designing a routine. A routine for handling important matters allows less effort to get things done. In other words, lodge the essential matters in your routine activities. According to researchers at Duke University, nearly 40% of our choices are unconscious, we're merely following routines. We should make the execution of important tasks a routine activity and abandon our habits involving trivial matters. Suppose we act without any plan or focus. In that case we will quickly be bogged down by trivialities. Dealing with these will become our routine, distracting us from attending to things that really matter. Here is an example. At the Olympics in 2008, the swimmer Michael Phelps made himself famous by winning a record number of medals, eight golds. He followed the same routine as he did before every competition. When he went to bed at night and after getting up in the morning, he played over all the details of a perfect race in his mind, from the starting posture on the platform to every stroke in the water, just as if he was streaming a video replay. On the day of the competition, he arrived two hours ahead of the start for his regular warm-up. Forty-five minutes before the competition, he put on his swimsuit and jumped into the warm-up pool for a 600 to 800-meter lap. The competitions that won him eight gold medals were just part of his daily routine, he looked as relaxed as ever, even while achieving these superb results. This kind of relaxation result from hard training, routines he repeated hundreds and thousands of times. In the book, the author gives a method to help us ordinary folk establish a routine. The key to this method is finding the trigger. The theoretical basis for this comes from a book by Charles Duhigg which we discussed in our past bookie, The Power of Habit, why we do what we do in life and business. Duig states that every habit is made up of a cue, a routine, and a reward. A cue is a trigger that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and move into the corresponding routine. You need to find the cue trigger if you want to rid yourself of trivial habits and establish a fresh, more productive routine. Then you can connect this trigger with the new purposeful routine you have identified. For example, when your alarm clock went off in the morning in the past, you would automatically pick up your cell phone and start video streaming or chatting with friends. But the next time your alarm clock goes off, you can use it as a cue for reading or exercising. To start, you may feel uncomfortable juggling between the temptation of your cell phone and beginning your new program. However, after repeated occasions, the cue becomes connected with the new routine and thereby forms a long-term habit. In addition to using an established trigger, 
creating triggers can initiate new routines. Employing this technique, the author developed the habit of keeping a diary. In the beginning, he only wrote a diary occasionally without making it into a daily practice. To develop the habit, he established a new trigger, putting his diary in his bag. In this way, whenever he took his phone out from his bag at night, he would see the diary, and this was the cue for him to make an entry in it. 